welcome to the Innovating Purpose podcast, where I'm striving to live intentionally and seeking clarity for new and young readers. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, as we are in your midst here today, we ask that our hearts would be prepared. And so, Father God, we worship you and we rest in you. Jesus, Messiah, our hope comes through you. Thank you for your love that you extend to us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask that you would prompt us to listen and to respond. May our hearts be ready. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. As I have been reflecting, um, sometimes there's just joyful things that come to my mind. And this week in preparing for the message, um, little birdies have told me that uh, there are people that are making decisions for Jesus Christ at camp this summer. And that is just one of those things that I try not to ever jump past too quickly. So can we just praise God that it, the camps, all, a lot of different camps, we don't have to be specific, but Twin Rocks and Tillicum are the two that are closest to us that are our friends camps and people are accepting Jesus. So can we give a praise to God for that? And as we come into this time of worship of God and of studying his word, today I believe that the message that we are going to spend some time in is the word of forgiveness. And I want us to really go into this word and give it a lot of time in our heart today. And so in order to enter into this scene, I want to ask this difficult question. When was the last time you had to forgive someone even if they didn't ask for it? <laughs> and when was the last time you felt in your spirit that you needed to be forgiven and you knew that this was going to require some changes? Perhaps this was recent. Perhaps this was uh, someone offended you deeply. Maybe your relationship drifted into just a miserable category where you, were, you felt that this person or this situation was unforgivable. And so I ask, what is unforgivable? And is it possible to stay in a state of unforgiven. Should we as followers of Jesus be able to stay in a state of unforgiven? Well, I want to take a few steps back and I want to reflect on my childhood. When I think back to my childhood, I was a fairly normal child, but I was also normal in that I disagreed and, and uh, argued and did sinful things and got in trouble and, and I had a lot of anger and I had aggression and I, I really 
they called me the little lawyer. That was my nickname because I always had a secondary opinion. Um, they didn't really ask for it, but I had it. Um, and I had an argumentative spirit and I would irritate people. And yes, I was the baby of the family. So I know you feel sorry for me. Um, <laughs> probably not. Um, but I learned how to sin pretty quickly. Does anybody else recognize that you don't have to teach a child how to sin? You don't have to show them how to be irritated or angry or upset. Now, often a child does mimic what they see. So isn't that painful when it's like as a parent now, you look in the mirror almost through your children. You're like, do I really do that? I probably do, don't I? But it is difficult to, to know, but also to understand that sinful nature happens pretty quickly. We all do ugly things and we, we are in this state of needing to be forgiven. And we also need to ask for forgiveness. This strikes a nerve with me because there was a moment that will live on in my mind. It was one of those moments when I don't recall, isn't it fascinating how as children you don't remember what you did? You just remember that you were going to receive some uh, punishment for the situation. I remember my dad sat me down. We were going to have a good chat about whatever I had done. And I remember he, he just used his words and they struck a chord pretty deep within me. And it was difficult for me because he didn't say anything nasty, but he really struck the chord of what I needed to work on. He said, Keith, you'll say sorry and you will... Um, you'll start to be kind to people again. But he said, I don't really ever hear you apologize and go out of your way to make things right first. He said, you have to be prompted to then ask for forgiveness. You don't apologize first. And I remember saying, ouch. But it did make sense. You've seen in your children when they do something really good, you, you're really excited about that. But when they do something bad, you hope that they'll apologize. You hope that they'll do it. But sometimes you have to even hold their hand and say, no, we're going to go apologize now. It always feels pretty forced, doesn't it? When you're like, come on, kid, we're going to go apologize. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. No kid wants to follow in that journey. But to understand apologizing and, and then even deeper to ask for forgiveness when you have hurt someone is quite a deep issue. Perhaps you've had this moment in your life where an authoritative person reminded you that you needed to forgive. Or maybe today is the day where you're starting to recognize, you know, I've never asked for forgiveness or I've not been forgiven by this God that we sang to, that we talked with. I don't know that I'm forgiven. So today I want to process through this deeply. And I brought this bag here and you might be wondering and what this thing is. The sin and the anger that was within me as I began to explore more and more sinful things in my childhood, you start to get a pretty ba big bag or luggage that follows you around. 
and you don't even know that you're doing it, but you just keep piling it on and piling it on and, and, you, and you lug this thing around. And I mean, who in their right mind would ever take this thing to try and climb a mountain? I mean, this would be the worst thing to try and put up those paths. I mean, it's needless weight. It is just restrictive. There, there couldn't possibly be any benefit to carrying this along with you. But in your life, I believe that so many of us, we have this baggage of sin and this, these debts and these, these grievances and this bitterness and this anger. And we just keep shoving it down into these bags. And we say, this will be better if I just keep it. And we keep storing it away as though it will get better if we just keep holding on to these sins and this bitterness and these frustrations. But we're not rid of them. So they go on the journey of life with us. We bring them with us. And I want us to explore what it looks like to be free of this baggage. You see, I can teach on forgiveness. You could go to school and learn about forgiveness. You could hear many, many reasons of why you should forgive. And it all sounds real good until you've got to forgive someone. Until someone said something nasty of you. Until someone who has humiliated or abused or done something nasty to you. Then it's like, no, no, I'm going to keep that baggage. I'm going to hold that on them. I'm going to keep that bitterness. That's mine to keep. And there's a better way, friends. There's a better way to live. And it doesn't involve us trying to control the situation and keeping it with us. You know, Jesus refers to children as the ones that get it. Children are the ones that are welcomed to him because they understand. Has anybody ever had to ask forgiveness of a child? I know I have. And when you apologize to a child, pretty quickly, I think they're the ones that actually say real fast, oh, it's all right, you're forgiven. But adults, we may say it, you might actually feel your tongue making the noises and your mouth speaking the words of, oh, I forgive you, but I'm going to hold on to that bitterness and I'm not going to let it go because you might betray me and I need to keep that in my baggage because I never know when I'll need that. Has anybody ever been in a spousal fight where you brought up old baggage into the new current fight that you're having? How's that go? R wonderful, right? When you bring up, well, remember that time when <laughs> whatever, the, I'm not going to reveal all my problems. You know, when you bring up those things, what does that do? It doesn't bring joy. It doesn't bring freedom. It brings more baggage and you never let it go. You didn't truly let it go. You hung on. I wonder if one of us or perhaps most of us have experienced someone who has done something to you or they've said something to you or about you behind your back or they've wounded you in such a way that you need to right now and we will pause in just a moment. You need to say, Lord, help me to forgive them because I in myself, I cannot forgive. Forgive this bitterness that is within me, Lord. This brokenness that I feel, 
I want to forgive, but I'm having struggle in finding the words and being able to articulate what it means to truly forgive. Lord, would you teach me your ways? So perhaps there's someone that's on your mind or there's a situation that's on your mind and you need to go in prayer right now and say, Lord, help me to forgive. Would you take a pause moment here and ask if there's anything or anyone you need to forgive? Forgiveness, as we continue to explore and communicate, forgiveness looks a lot like a debt being paid. It's one thing to pay off a $20 utility bill. It's another thing entirely for all of your house payments to go away or rent. They're different categories. It's one thing to go to a fast food place. It's another thing entirely to go to a resort for an all-inclusive stay. When I think about forgiveness, it looks a lot like God stamping on my life that he has paid it in full and it is gone and I no longer need to deal with the sin anymore because he has taken it. And that's what I'm trying to explore and I want us to grasp firmly to God's ways because they are better than our ways. So would you open with me uh, Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 17 is where we're going to spend some time. I'm going to spend time in the first two verses and then we're going to deal with this baggage. Colossians 3 12 through 17 Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Do you see that? The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So if the Lord forgave you, then it's time to, to, to deal with the baggage in your life. You can lug this around your whole life and feel the burden and the weight of it, and that's on you. You can make that choice. And perhaps you're like me, and there's those moments where you think, you know what, I'm going to deal with some of this baggage, and I'm going to get into this. You know, I need to... <laughs> get into this baggage. You know what, God, you can, you can have my baggage. You can have the big stuff. That, that's, that's great. You can, you can have the, all the big stuff, God. It's all yours, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep the, the medium. I'm going to keep the medium because it's convenient. It's easy to keep this because God, you, you don't, you don't need this. You don't have time for this. This is too big. This is too big. God, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. But it's another thing entirely to say, God, you know, you can, you can have my my real problems. You, you can have them, God. You can have those, those thoughts that betray me. You can have those. But I'm, I'm going to keep the itty-bitties. 
You know, those little ones that are just, these things just, these feel right. This is a good size of bitterness to keep. This is a, this is a good amount of sin that, the, you know, nobody needs to know these sins. I'm just going to keep them between you and me. The, I'm going to keep these. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't say lay a few of your burdens down. He didn't say lay the big burdens down. He didn't say he would take just the minor or the major. He says he wants it all. He went to the cross to pay all of our debts, to pay for all of our sins. So don't take any of it with you. When Christ went to the cross... He defeated sin and death. He defeated the enemy. And you might think to yourself, but my baggage, it feels like the nails that, that nailed my Savior to the cross. I need to keep these nails with me. You know what? Christ was put on the cross for your sins. <clears throat> He did it alone. He is God. He is Savior. He is Messiah. Lay these there as well. Say, God, I know it is my sins that nailed you to the cross. It is my brokenness. It is my bitterness. It is my wretchedness. It is the things that I have thought. It is the things that I have done. I am asking, Lord, would you forgive me? Lay it all on the cross would you take it from me, Lord? This burden is too great. <clears throat> Don't walk away from the cross thinking you need to do anything else. You leave it all at the foot of the cross. Christ can handle it. He is God. If you believe he is God, then he is supreme. He is powerful. He is above our comprehension. He can handle whatever it is you have done, thought, or said. Ask for forgiveness in this moment. Let's keep reading in Colossians. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. I remind you, and I've said it many times, but do not for one second think that taking these bags with you will ever make your life better. When we talk about being free of sin, when we talk about asking forgiveness, when we talk about being made right with your Savior, Jesus Christ, letting him pay the full price for forgiveness of sins, that means leaving it all there. So don't walk away today thinking that this is on you, that you need to take some of it with you. Jesus paid it all. As I've been exploring and trying to understand forgiveness, there are parts of it that have made sense to me when I look at what an unforgiving side looks like. When we have unforgiveness on our heart, when we are unwilling to forgive others, this poisons our soul. It muddies the waters of our soul. 
So I must ask you today, are you willing to forgive? Amen. If this, this unwillingness still remains, the horrid feeling of, of being unforgiven is wretched and it causes you to lose sleep. You know what it's like to walk around with your sin. You know what it's like to walk around with all of the regret and the pain and the suffering. But let me tell you, there is a different way and it is freedom. It is joy. It is life seen to its fullest. It is new life. It is living as a new creation. This is following Christ. This is living for him. So it takes us admitting that we were wrong. These are the ABCs. These are admitting that you are, you are wrong. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Savior. He is your Lord. And then confessing with all your heart that he is Lord. And confessing all of your sins to him. And letting him take the punishment for your sins. This is not staying in death. This is not staying in bitterness. This is not staying in brokenness. This is pursuing life and peace and joy. You see in verse 12 of Colossians 3, what begins to happen if you have life with Christ, you now have compassion. You now have empathy. You now have harmony in your life. You have peace. You have forgiveness. These things will enter only when we release everything to the Lord. Your old way of life was getting revenge or trying to avenge the wrongs done to you. But this doesn't lead towards life. This doesn't lead towards good conversations. This leads to a deeper hole or more baggage. I wanted to read to you from an article from 2003 uh, from the C.S. Lewis Institute. C.S. Lewis is quoted to say, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Most people find it relatively easy to forgive minor offenses, especially those which are unintentional. But what about serious transgressions, physical or sexual abuse, marital unfaithfulness, betrayal of friendship, deception, personal rejection, fraud? Sadly, the list just keeps going. It is when we encounter these hard cases that forgiveness goes from being a lovely idea to an extremely difficult challenge. Knowing that offenses were bound to come and that humans were prone to hold grudges and seek revenge, Jesus spoke starkly about the necessity of forgiving all who sin against us. First, he teaches us to pray. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Of this verse, C.S. Lewis says, there is no slightest suggestion that we are offered forgiveness on any other terms. It is made perfectly clear that if we do not forgive, we shall not be forgiven. Don't we somehow miss the point of, or rationalize it away? Jesus later tells the story of a king who forgave one of his slaves an enormous debt, only to learn that his slave had subsequently forced a fellow slave into prison for not repaying him a very small debt. 
Enraged, the king turned the unforgiving slave over to the torturers. Jesus concludes by saying, that is how my heavenly father will treat you, each one of you, unless you forgive your brother from your heart. These Those who have received God's magnanimous grace cannot stintingly withhold forgiveness from their fellow man. To do so dishonors God, hurts our neighbor, and poisons our own soul. That's where I got that statement. Difficult though it may be, we must forgive. And with God's help, we can. And as we do, we will taste the sweet freedom and joy known only to forgiven and forgiving hearts. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ has forgiven you. As we explore the opportunity to walk in freedom here today, don't let an unforgiveness, a state of mind, rob you of real life. Have you ever finished a job? at the end of a day, a project. And you've sat back, kicked your feet up, hands behind your head, get in that relaxing posture. Maybe you've got a, a lemonade or something and you think, or maybe you're even looking at the project. Just think, look at that. I did that. Doesn't that look wonderful? Isn't that a wonderful feeling to complete a project? Whatever it may be. It can be simple to complicated. You've talked about it for long enough and you actually did it. Or perhaps, maybe it's deeper. Maybe you have a relationship struggle. You knew you needed to talk with someone. There was something on your mind, a burning question or a burning thought that you wanted to explore and tell them. Something was just weighted on you and you actually had the conversation. And now at the end of your day, you're, you're reclining in bed and you're just pondering over all the things that you were able to accomplish. The relationship that was restored or the hard words that needed to be said were actually said. Isn't that a satisfying end of the day feeling and thought? This is very close to the moment that you realize that Jesus forgave you. But this is a complete life change. And this is the rest of your days on this planet, knowing that you are forgiven. This should be the most overwhelmingly satisfying feeling that should help you strive to live in joy every single day because you are now in a state of forgiven. To be forgiven is overwhelming. If you are forgiven, bitterness has run away. If you are forgiven, joy is now your friend. If you are forgiven, you now know what it means to walk around as a free person, no longer shackled to the the discouragement and the frustration and the hatred and the sinful nature. You are forgiven. And bitterness and anger and deceit, those things are always going to be knocking at your door. The enemy will try to help you remember the small ones, the medium ones, and the big ones. 
You're not worth it. You're not good enough. Jesus couldn't have paid for that. that. That's not possible. You have to take that baggage back up and you have to live in anxiety and fear and frustration. You have to self-defeat. You have to remember you're not worthy. When those statements come, and they will, and they hit me too, we need to remember, Jesus, I leave these things at the cross. You paid them in full. It is forgiven forever. I will not go back to those old ways. I am taking with me a new life and it is without a bag. It is without anything that is holding me back. I can live without this bag of sin and disgust in my old ways. So my hope today is that you will know what it means to be satisfied in Christ. You will know what it means to have your relationship with God be mended. You will know what it's like to be forgiven, but now to forgive. And that person that maybe came to your mind that you thought, I, I want to be restored to them. Perhaps today is the day that you say, I need to forgive someone. As I talked about that feeling of completion, that feeling of that you have completed the task, I want you to think right now, if you were sitting and it was your last moments on this earth, and you, you thought to yourself, who do I want to tell that I love them? So often one of the biggest regrets that people have when someone passes rather quickly is that we can't tell them I love them one more time. Did they know? And we live in that fear of, did they know? I want us to take this moment and if you, as you are getting ready to leave and maybe this is stirring in your heart, you need to be mended. You need to forgive someone. No matter what they said, no matter what they did to you, knowing that Jesus can take all of their baggage too, you can be restored. It's possible. Only God can do that. And if you believe it and that he could take your ugliness, your sin, your deceit, then why would we hold back forgiveness of others? As you begin to explore forgiving others, granted, that doesn't forgive them for eternity, but it shows that you are changed. And as you forgive others, we pray that they will in turn fall before the Lord and throw all their baggage before him. He can handle it. I want to close by rereading verses 12 and 13 of Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. As I read earlier, we are to be ambassadors. We are to live as free people, loving people as only God can love. He loves each 
and every one of you. I want you to know that God loves you. But I want you to believe the simple child song, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves you. And until you're willing to say it and believe it, your life won't change. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We are so grateful that you love us. We leave our bitterness, we leave our brokenness, and we say, Jesus, take it all. I give you my life. I admit that I need you, Lord. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe here today that you are my Lord and Savior and that you, Jesus, you paid it all when you died on the cross and you rose again for my sins. And right now I confess that I need you to forgive me in a, com a complete wiping the slate clean. And now that I would go, yes, forgiven, but also yes, that I would forgive others. Thank you, Jesus. We know that you can do this and we believe in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are prompting people to respond. Help us to do things with our faith, to have the tough conversations, and to trust you with the work, Lord. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with me today and with uh, all those who have prepared and gotten everything ready. It's a delight to be in God's front yard here. And it's really good to uh, see your faces and to know that you're here. And uh, as you go, um, feel free if you brought anything or you have papers and st such, please take those things with you. But if you are borrowing a chair for the moment, leave it right there. We'll get it sanitized. We'll get it put away. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, we've got a crew that uh, has been really awesome and helping put these things together. So thank you for being here. Mingle for a bit if you, if you want to, but if anyone has a health restriction or they would rather not mingle, let them go. They let them go. Don't try to hold them back. Um, God bless you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you.